a breather. Another action-packed weekend here at KCLR. We brought you four live games between Carlow and Kilkenny competing in the Camogie football and hurling. We'll have post-match from the Kilkenny Camogie victory over Tipperary. Also, Kilkenny's lost to Clare. We'll hear from both managers there, both Bryans and, of course, from Niall Carew and Mickey Hart after Louth managed to defeat Carlo, scuppering their chances of promotion. We also have interviews with pro golfer Harry Ewing, Kevin Hennessy on the English Derby and all the Irish Greyhound racing, Anne-Marie Gibbons, the new development officer of Kilkenny LGFA, and also we will be hearing from the McCalment Cup draw, and that's what's going to kick us off today. This is John Corrigan, not Jim, I got that wrong earlier, my mistake. John Corrigan calling out the names for the next round of the McCalment Cup. time for the McCalmond Cup draw just going to give you some of the results or all of the results and the teams progressing into the next round we know that Freshford are going ahead instead of Thomastown B Evergreen 46 with a 4-2 victory over Brookville at 2pm out in Brookville unfortunately I have to say this result after a one-all draw after extra time Castle Warren Celtic lost out to Callan United 6-5 on penalties but a great game Freebooters C lost to Freebooters B last night it was 1-0 to Freebooters B New Park A are progressing over Dean Celtic B St John's got a 3-2 victory over Tullerone Bridge United lost out to Dean Celtic 2-1 out in Gores Bridge Thomastown United A will be progressing over Spa United B and uh, we have Evergreen A progressing over Highview Athletic B. Freebooters A defeated Evergreen C 5-0. Evergreen C going down to 10 men for most of that game. Clover United a 6-0 win over Spy United. New Park B winning 4-3 over Ormond Villa. St. Canis is Eddie Clifford doing great things down there. We know that uh, Graham Doyle is in goal for them. It's just a great team that he's after putting together. We came up with him against, against them in the Pat Myers Shield. Unfortunate to lose there. But they beat Stonyford 6-1. Evergreen B progressed over River Rangers and Highview Athletic A had a bye into the next round the last time it was conducted here on the KCLR. It is now time for the McCallman Cup draw. Joining me now in studio is Chairman Mr. Jim Corrigan. Jim, thanks very much for coming in. Well, John, actually. John, sorry. <laughs> I won't. Look, no, no problem. We're delighted to, to come into KCLR. We're delighted with the sponsorship of the competition. And as I was explaining to you, with the 17 teams still in it, for the last 16, East End, we knew East End had a problem from a while back, so they're playing Fort Rangers on the coming Wednesday night, only due to the fact that Fort Rangers lost in the Marsh Shield, other than that East End would have had to concede, so we were able to facilitate them. So, there's 17 teams in the in the draw, and we'll start, to, you're, you're going to do the draw yourself. I'll do the, I'll do the draw myself. Your Castle assist- Warren, number one. Your no. assistant is putting it up on the computer, <laughs> and stick it on the paper. And we'll have so. it up on scoreline.ie if you happen to miss any of it as well, but the first out of the bag is number four. Number four is New Park A. New Park A. They're going to have a tough opposition in the Pat Mar Shield against Evergreen A in the semi-finals. But they're the first name drawn out of the hat. That'll be home, I believe, against number eight. Highview Athletic A. Highview Athletic A, who got a boy in the last round, will be coming up against New Park for the first of the McCallum Cup draw. The next out of the bag is number five. Number five is Thomastown United A. Thomastown United A. Paul Dial now out there in Thomastown will be looking forward to see who his side will be going up against. Against number nine. Number nine is Clover United, right Cl- down here. Clover United and Thomastown is the second fixture there. For the third, the first one out of the bag is number 15. Number 15 is St. Canis's. St. Canis's, we mentioned Eddie Clifford there, 6 1 win over Stonyford earlier on today. St. Canis's will be going up against number one. The winners of East End and Fort Rangers. A nice draw there for St. Canis's and hopefully they'll be able to keep their momentum going depending on who they're going up against. Uh, number 12. Number 12 is Callan United. Callan United. This could have been us, Robbie, if you had to score two goals instead of one today. But Callan United will be going up against number 11. Number 11 is Dean Celtic. Dean Celtic. We're coming into the next round. Dean Celtic, of course, defeating Bridge United 2-1 in Goresbridge earlier on. The next number is number six. Number six is Evergreen A. Evergreen A will be going up against number three. Boothers B. 
Freebooters and Evergreen, a great game up there. Obviously, a historic rivalry. Number 16. Number 16 is St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Oh, sorry, that's St. John's. <laughs> yeah. I keep writing down Mary. <laughs> I was, got, Mary I was, I was thinking, oh, St. Mary's were playing the last because, round. Because Mary is the, is the secretary that keeps contacting me, so <laughs> I wrote down Mary instead of John. St. John's. And I, was getting, <laughs> and I was getting your name, John, wrong as well earlier, so... Number 14. Number 14 is Evergreen 46. Evergreen 46 going up against St. John's. Next number out of the bag is number 10. Number 10 is New Park B. New Park B, after the 4-3 victory over Ormond Villa and Garen Green earlier on today, will be pitting their wits against number 7. Number 7 is Evergreen B. Evergreen B, the two B teams, New Park and Evergreen. Uh, we know that they're going to meet in the Pat Marshall, the A team and the both A teams, so a nice little rivalry could be occurring there. Number 2. Number 2 is Freshford Town. Fresh for town, and then we have one more ball to come from the bag. It starts with an F. <laughs> Number 13. Number 13 is Freebooters A. Freebooters A against Freshford. So there you have it. Robbie Dowling, KCLR sport producer. I'm just going to get you to call out the draw there that you're putting up on scoreline.ie. Yeah, we've got New Park A versus Highview Athletic. Thomastown United here will be hosting Clover United. Bit of a trip there for the Rat Downey Club. Um, St. Candice's will play the winners of East End and Fort Rangers. Callan United, who came out victorious against Castle Warren today, will be playing against Dean Celtic in Callan. Um, Evergreen A will be playing Freebooters B in what is probably the tie of the round, I think, a town derby. St. John's will take on Evergreen 46. New Park B will host Evergreen B. And the final game is fresh for town at home to Freebooters A. And John, I presume all these games are going to try and go ahead on a Sunday. All these games are on next Sunday. Lovely job, Lee. And it's the case I haven't I haven't know. I'm just looking at the the way things are. It has to go ahead next Sunday. That one thing that we made that we gave uh, East End in advance. That is the only one we can do because the Marshfield semi-finals are on this coming Wednesday night, and then we have to meet and fix the final. Uh, it's quite possibly it could be played the following Wednesday night and the Divisional Cups will be starting on the Wednesday the 26th. There's a lot of work going in behind the scenes when you're ta- talking about the, the Pat Marshall, the McCalma Cup and then the four Divisional Cups. You'll have the Premier 1, 2 and 3. A lot of work. It's a testament to everyone at the KDL but uh, thanks for putting it on. It, it, I know it was a joy for me to be on the sidelines today and maybe not so much of a joy for Robbie. He, he seems a bit battered after today's game but uh, just great to have everybody back out in the field again. As it was granted, it was, uh, I went in myself today for a couple of minutes just to, to have a look at the game and like the people were sitting out in, in, enjoying just watching it apart from the I did feel sorry for any of the teams that had to go take extra time and the ones then had to take penalties on a day like today but look that's, <laughs> the, that's, the, look of the, that's the look of the draw you know Yeah well we're, we're looking forward to covering it over the next few weeks and Sunday is obviously a big day always Sunday league football has always been a big day but having the McCallum Cup uh, the, the, the next round of it and some great fixtures there Evergreen going up against Booters and Evergreen going up against New Park and there's just some great fixtures to look forward to yeah, and add in the add in the Marshfields. You know, as you said earlier on, there it's a it's a city thing. It, 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 it's uh, it's resting in Greg Neman at the moment. Highview Athletic are the holders of the Marshfield, but the four teams left in it are all city teams. So it's going to be you know there'll be nothing easy in either of them two semi finals, and uh, lining up for a cracker of a final in that. And I I noticed with all the games that were going on today, the amount of referees uh, that that are are in the KDL, it, it, it's quite it's quite good to see you know it's it's hard to get people involved in the game especially like <laughs> we know from Castle Warren we were, we weren't very nice to referees previously and stuff you know but it, it, it's great to see that there's so many referees out there Lee Kill obviously a, a big name we had Robert Kwan out there today so it's it, it's great to see it, well, it is because one of the fears and every not just Kilkenny every fear ha- t- league had was would the referees come back because it's nigh on two years since we had a, a full league and you, if you're getting a abused as you say every Sunday morning and you're two, off for two years it might be hard to come back but yeah. no they come back and there's a couple new coming in like it's the first time I've seen Robbie referee now and as I said to him look you should be no, no bother at it because and should or shouldn't be done Robbie has done it so he knows the game inside <laughs> out and it's great I thought he had a very good game for it well he gave a penalty against us but the least said <laughs> I think he gave one to you as well didn't yeah. he? did we get a penalty as well 
No. Oh, didn't, didn't <laughs> we, we, we went to penalties in the end. Six, he gave you six of them at once. I know, it is great to no, see. It's, and it's great to see everyone pulling together and, and to, get, to get the thing back, you know, and like it's the same now with Derdemus outside. Fran, Fran Egan kept it uh, in ship shape all over through the COVID, you know, and he's also have the, the Carlock and Kenny uh, team plays out there as well, so you know he has that place looking looking fabulous. So we'll have no problem with with finals. Just hope now that we'll be allowed to let people in to see the thing, you know. Yeah, so we're expecting dirty miss then for all the, the all the cup finals. Well, uh, we'd be hoping that we'd be able to play. We'd be able to play a minute, but look, we'll have to we'll have to have a face to face meeting with our own committee to sit down and and just look at it and see how things go. Because you know yourself, I could say now, yeah, and the Irish weather will take a hand <laughs> and put, put, uh, put an end to that. But at the moment, we'd be hoping hoping to have our finals there yeah and uh, John just b- before you go um, in terms of the next round of the draw will you be coming back in here I'll be back in next Sunday evening lovely jobly I'll come in every every Sunday evening whatever time suits you and draw so that it gives the clubs it gives the referees and the fixtures referees fixture secretary a chance to work on what he on what he'll have well, we're looking forward to it. John, as always, it's an absolute pleasure. Robbie, give us a round-up there once again of all the fixtures that are going to be happening in the McCalmond Cup. Yeah, New Park will be hosting Highview Athletic. Eh? Thomastown United will take on Clover United. We've Canises are at home to the winners of East End and Fort Rangers. Cannon United, who, like I said, came out victorious against Castle Warren earlier today, will be hosting Dean Celtic. Evergreen A will take on Booters B in the Town Derby. St John's will host Evergreen 46. New Park B will be playing against Evergreen B, and Freshford Town will be at home to Free Booters A. Some tantalising fixtures there for the KDL to look forward to. Now, we're going to go to post-match analysis from Brian Cody and Brian Lawn after Clare managed to defeat Kilkenny in the final game of the National Hurling League for both sides. Obviously, we didn't win the game and they're disappointed we don't win the match. Um, Good stuff in it certainly as well. I like, I mean, twice in the game in, in, in each half they, they got a good lead, you know, and, and, and we came back and actually went ahead both times. Disappointed obviously to concede two goals, I suppose, in two minutes after the last water break. That's key scores. And again, like I said, we came back after that and you know, and again I think we might have conceded the last four points, which you'd be disappointed with too. Look, um, it's three weeks time to the championship and it was great preparation for the championship. And right now that's what everything's all about. I look, I mean, obviously one team does anyway, for sure, so why shouldn't two teams, you know? I, I, I would never read much into that, like, you know, I mean, the lads know how the games are being played this year and the same as last year, you know, so if it's um, a lack of concentration, that should never happen, whatever, you know. Right, you must be very happy with the league in general after that, you know, even, even including today, you've, you've really been setting the pace there in Kilkenny this year in the league. Hey, look, I mean, we've won our matches up to now, yeah, but um, today was, was obviously a, a, another game we wanted to win, and obviously coming down here is always a big challenge, like, you know, it always has been over the years for, for Kilkenny and that, and it's never had an easy place to get a win, but we fought very, very hard to try and win it, and, and we put ourselves in a position a few times probably where we could have won it, but again, um, disappointed that we didn't but like uh, certainly as regards preparation for championship it's, it's been very very important. Adrian Mullen and Walter Walsh was the story with them. Adrian got a bang in the nose and score obviously and that you know we'll have to wait and see. Adrian just had a slight tweak in hamstring so we'll be hoping that no, it is a slight tweak to be honest. In terms of the other players Connor Delaney and Richie Hogan where are they in the scheme of things? Look, we're making good progress. Obviously, it's getting tighter and tighter, but they're working very, very hard. So we just have to wait and see. Massively competitive, but it's going to be a massive step up because I mean, everything steps up after league to the championship because it's a different mindset and everything takes over probably. Um, look, I mean, we're just going to continue on to work hard, um, learn from today, and bring the positives from today, and look at the negatives I suppose from today, and just prepare. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Manager, first of all, you have to be happy to win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're very happy with the win. You know, anytime that um, Kilkenny are coming to town, it's a big day for us um, and a big day to see where we are to, you know, to pitch ourselves against, you know, some of the best hurlers in the country. So, um, yeah, look, uh, happy with uh, how we played and sure happy with winning it as well. Yeah. The worries might be you put yourself in a strong position on a few occasions to pull away. Allow Kilkenny come back in, 
might be a concern. Yeah, I suppose. Look, it's it's um, you know in the modern game now, it's you know it's 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 the kind of a game that you're not going to dominate. Regardless how good you are, you're not going to dominate for a full seventy minutes or seventy-five or seventy-eight minutes or whatever it is. Um, so good teams like you can, they'll figure you out um, after a couple of minutes, and they'll get on the ball and they'll hurt you. And you saw that, I suppose, in the third quarter in particular, like um, we just could not get near Kilkenny. They were winning all the breaks, and then moving off the shoulder, we weren't able to um, um, get a handle on them at all. And they got some great points, but all those that movement that um, that play all comes at a cost you can't keep doing it you can't keep going like that for 75 minutes and you know maybe we were able to get a little bit of a, bit of a handle on him and you know we got the tonic of the goal in the fourth quarter and that's kind of set us up Positive for Brian Lowen surely are four goals against Kilkenny and your subs making a huge impact absolutely yeah well look you know yourself like the, the it's such a big commitment from from 35, 36, 37, 38 guys, um, and they're looking for their opportunity, looking for their chance, and they don't get it. And they, you know, sometimes they come on and they only get three minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is, and it's very frustrating for them um, if they don't get the chance. And if they don't get the chance, it doesn't go well for them. So it's really for the last time that they did make a contribution. Right, no, thanks for talking to us. One Kilkenny team didn't manage to win, but another did. Kilkenny Camogie have booked their place in the final of the league. They managed to mount a staggering comeback with three late goals against Tipperary. Here's post-match from Brian Dowlin and Casey Nolan. Brian Dowlin. Must be a relieved man after that. Look for a long while that you weren't going to pull it out of the post, but by God, you did towards the end. What a final fourth quarter you had. I wouldn't even say fourth quarter now. I'd say probably um, the last five minutes maybe we, we pushed on. Um, look, I don't know. It's hard to hard to say much about it really. It's just the character of the girls again stood out and I suppose people started writing us off already last week. And look, we're not panicking. It's the league at the end of the day. You know, we're, we have a huge amount of fitness work to do. We're not you know pushing the girls overly hard at the moment. And, you know, and I think you can see that in the games. We're probably not at the fitness levels that we want. And look, we're we're aiming for championship. That's always our goal. And we keep I keep saying that. You know, the league is about extra games and and trying to find extra players. And look, we're doing that. You know, a couple of players uh, had to pull out on Thursday night with injuries, and other girls stepped in, and other girls came in again today and made a difference. And that's what it's about. I want to look back in the league and say, yeah, look, we we found a couple of players here that can that can push the rest of the girls for a starting place. After the championship draw today, tough group that you're in. They'll be happy with another match now next Sunday with whoever you get, either Galway or Cork. As you say, it's a progression and it's going nicely for you so far. Yeah, look, I only heard the draw there um, just a minute ago there, to be honest. Um, look, we'll worry about that, I suppose, after, after Sunday. We'll focus on the league final for next week and then we'll look at the championship. And Look, every game is going to be tough and you know, Galway, obviously, in the group are going to be extremely tough. So, um, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to improve. We have a lot of improving to do, but I said, you know, that'll come maybe with the fitness levels and you know, and things like that, and, and I suppose getting their more experienced players out back. You know, it's you know, it's, it's it's we're after losing a lot of experience from last year, and then when you take out Katie Power, Clearfield, and and Clet Dormer as well, that's a huge you know chunk of your team. So you know, it's easy kind of easy to forget that you're missing them players. But look, that's not excuses. Um, you know, we just didn't play well today. Our use of the ball was poor um, for a long time there. I think we only had one six scored, and it was very poor. But we somehow managed to get three twelve, which was which was unbelievable, really, by the way we we're hurling. Goals, they always say win matches. Denise, brilliant penalty. Casey Nolan stepping up then as well. And off the top of my head, I can't think of who got the Denise got the second one as well. Proud moment, and as you said the last day, once you create the goal chances, you know they will come and you talk them today. Yeah, look, you need to get goals, and this this team is probably lacking that in the last few years. You know, especially in the big games, the tight games, we weren't getting them goals, and that's something that we've been spoke about and worked on for the last um, you know last couple of years. I've been involved in it, and you know, in fairness, Katie Nolan, there the goal she got, just huge composure. You know, uh, I think Sarah Crowley hit and passed a great ball into her, and you know, Katie just under the goalie, you know, brilliant composure, and that's you know, Katie probably in the first match she hand passed it in, and so look, she learned from that, and that's what we want. You know, learn things in the league and look there's a lot of players stepping up and we want to be able to call on you know, as many as we can when it comes into the, the championship battles I know you're not panicking at the minute but it must be worrying that you're not starting as well um, and giving teams a heady a, a build up that sometime might you might not be able to catch them but I suppose you're working on that at the minute yeah look it's not something we're planning for I tell you, you know, we don't want to be um, falling behind and trying to claw our way back it's not, a, it's not a game plan or anything like that you know and we're really 
came down here today, we, you know, especially after last Saturday, I thought we were a little bit flat and you know, wanted a lot of energy here in Nolan Park. And no, we didn't. We, probably, we did for uh, different times of the game, but you know, for a long time there, we were probably playing on Tipperary's terms, like you know. And look, but Tip are an excellent team, like you know, and they're you know they're after they hammered Waterford, they hammered Offaly, you know. So we knew they were coming down here and they were all guns blazing to, to beat us, you know. Um, you know, they said last year after the semi final that if they won the semi final, they would have won the All Ireland. So look, they had no fear of us coming down here. So look, again, I keep saying it. The, our performances the last two weeks won't be good enough in championship, but look, I know these girls and I know they'll improve and I know we'll get better and look we have to get better you know we, we want to stay going as long as we can in the championship obviously and we know we've a lot of improvement to do but look we work hard in the training field um, in the next couple of weeks You said it's all about panel substitutions that you made definitely in the last quarter helped out to the force that win out today so must be proud of that as well Yeah and look even you know, some of the girls were just out on their feet there today I don't, I think maybe people listening in wouldn't realise the heat that was out there you know it was just pure dead heat and, Well even here uh, at the minute it's very hot <laughs> just here at the minute it's hard enough to stand inside and looking at the girls so you know it's it was just you know I mean, we haven't been used to hurling that heat for a long time and you know girls were really out on their feet you know Denise we actually put Denise in full far because you know she, she was out on her feet wing far but again she found a way to win them balls and win the freeze just clever you know win the ball get the hurl around the neck you know just that's just that's, that's cuteness you know and that comes with experience and that look the subs made a huge difference today and it's just about getting the fresh legs and that's what we want you know we want to be able to bring on five, five, four or five girls every game Next Sunday, back to Crow Park. Looking forward to it, I'd say. Yeah, you know, I suppose it's it's great to be there. You know, it's you don't get too many times that you get to play in Crow Park, and any chance you get, you have to take it. And look, we're, we're delighted to be there. I haven't even thought about it yet now, to be honest. Um, I think it's half seven next Sunday night. It's just a bit uh, strange of a of a time. I think the girls may may book the Monday off. Um, anyone that's working, but um, I don't know. I don't know the reason behind that why it's half seven. But look, um, it's great that the game is there. There's going to be 3,000 supporters if the, the tickets aren't sold out already. I see they went on, on sale on Friday there, so hopefully they're not gone already. But uh, look, it's great to be there, but um, we'll have to improve usually in the next week to be Cork or Galway. But look, I know these girls, and look, we'll give it a good rattle next Sunday night, and whatever happens, happens, and then we'll focus on the championship. On that, 200 supporters here today. You could tell as soon as the goals went in, especially Katie's goal went in, that cheer pushed the girls on there for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, it's brilliant, you know. Fairness, you know, it was probably mainly parents at this game, you know. Um, the players and you know, I said it to the girls for the last 15 minutes I said it the, the last quarter you know that you, your, your families are here you know they're supporting you they haven't been here since since last previous March 15 months ago they haven't been here to a game I said you know you know, impress them and make them proud of you for the last 15 minutes and in fairness they did that you know and it definitely helps I suppose in, in, in GA when they're camogie you, you get momentum it's huge and when you have the supporters there to push the team on you know you, you, you felt like there was maybe five or 6,000 here and Katie got the goal of the roar so you know it's great to have them back and you know they're the, they're the big supporters and when they go home after a bad game maybe they're the ones that console them so it's great to have them back well, great to have you back in a league final again. We wish you the very best luck on Sunday night. OK, thanks, Martin. Katie Nolan, match just after ending. Uh, league final to look forward to next Sunday. But by God, you were made to work for that there this afternoon. Yeah, we did. Um, we probably weren't great in the first half there, but still, we showed character and came back in the second half. And looking forward now to next weekend again. Yeah, look flat on their feet for the first half. We couldn't make out whether it was the sun or whether it was a lot of training that they might have been done during the week. But you definitely picked it up for that last uh, fourth quarter and came away beating them to six to six points in the end. And of course, your goal being pivotal to that, you must be happy with it. Ah, uh, yeah, no, happy, always happy to get away with the win. Um, I don't know why we were flat in the first half, but sure. Look, the main thing is that we got going in the second half when it mattered. Um, yeah, that's that's the most important thing and sure Spud passed me a great ball, like I literally couldn't miss, so yeah, happy happy with that. A chance to get back to Crow Park again, first time since December of last year. Happy memories that night. You'll be looking forward to the match as well. Yeah, can't wait. It's my first league final and probably a few of the girls' first league finals, so yeah, buzzing can't wait. Must be happy enough. Brian is keeping faith with you. Always nice to be able to play and especially in semi finals and with the help of God you'll be in Crow Park next week for the the start as well and you must be happy enough with your own performances over the league so far yeah to be fair um, Brian will always pick whoever's playing well in training um, it's always fair so yeah can't complain well anyway we'll wish you the best of luck next week Kate yeah thanks Martin cheers From a high to a low, Carlo's chances of promotion have been well and truly scuppered. Niall Carew and Mickey Hart, both Carlo and Loud managers, speaking after the game.
Niall Crew just wasn't to be. Um, nearly there, but Loud came down today to a very well-drilled team, and that was a difficult afternoon for Carlo. But to be fair, he played with passion, pride, and competed very well. Yeah, look, we never gave up. Um, felt we were caught in the middle eight for a small bit of pace. and um, We addressed it at half-time, we were eight points down. Put Jordan in there, tied it quite well. Uh, I thought Foley did better when he went to wing forward I suppose we drew the second half um, but I suppose we were in trouble in, in too many areas and um, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay a Paul then um, and when that's happening you know you're in trouble uh, but look we got back to five and we had a goal chance and uh, Paul just uh, the pass just let him down at the end and I thought Roderick did very well all the way through uh, he was excellent um, but um, yeah, you needed to get them um, two goal chances that we had one, the first one, the second, and we didn't get it. Now I know they missed a few as well, but just in terms of our own game, Brendan, you need to get them goals at the right time, and, and we just didn't get them. And, and we were off the pitch today, and I, I think only having the two games come back to haunt us. Um, you know, just the pitch of it, and Crowley and Dunphy are only back from. Uh, Connor was sick and um, Ross had that injury and you could see it that we're just a little bit off uh, normally they're our go-to players so they would have needed that game but I'm sure that game will bring them on for the Longford game but we're extremely disappointed you know we did I suppose things we spoke about um, you know we didn't execute them well enough especially defensively uh, we, we knew what they were going to bring and unfortunately we just couldn't stop it Brendan and um, it's a learning curve but it's only one game it's a snapshot of, of where we're at um, this is a journey that Jared, myself, Simon and Victor, along with the rest of the backroom team, are, are willing to take on. And uh, we're just going to have to work harder as a management team. I'm going to have a look at the club championship as well and um, try and get a few more players in uh, just to make it more competitive. OK, I just said to Willie, there's a great spread of the clubs on the county team, so you have a fine team to pick from. Uh, Louth were well drilled. They came down from Division 3 and you can see that they were probably a little bit of a notch above Carlow, which is always difficult. And Division 3, as you know, is a minefield. Division 4 is certainly a minefield. And to get out of it is next to impossible at times. And today proved to be very difficult for Carlow. Antrim and Waterford tomorrow, same thing. Antrim are probably the favourites. You played Waterford. But um, you feel another game would have added to it, but... Was this a great learning curve for the for the Longford game in a fortnight's time? Yeah, I think so. And, 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 and uh, you know, there's no doubt louder better today. We have to call a spade a spade. Um, but I, I just think a few, you know, positional changes, uh, a bit more pace around the middle. Um, no, in fairness, Owen Root and Darrell didn't never gave up, never gave up. But I think the matchups didn't suit us today. And uh, look, it, it is what it is at this stage. But I, I think we learned a hell of a lot. And I hope Ross is all right. Just felt he was struggling with uh, with the ankle there. So if we get him through with that game and bring him on and the same with Conor Crowley he's only back from being sick so yeah look you'd be hoping to bring you on but um, we let the boys just chill out now to Tuesday and uh, we'll work it from there but um, I look I, I'm extremely disappointed for the players because I know how much they've put in uh, but loud we're just a step up today and uh, that's where we have to get to OK and I, we look forward to the championship and well done and a league that well, you were very competitive to be fair and I mentioned passion at the start so this Carlo team you know Carlo teams in the past would have wilted but you come out in the second half and you give it a fair all rattle so you know, you give yourselves every chance, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Loud were just that little step above. Yeah, that's it. Look, I, I, I'd never doubt these lads, their attitude or character, to have that in abundance. Uh, but yeah, look, and we'll take plenty to blame as well. Uh, we went man to man for the second 20, once it really pushed up. Uh, but, you know, I suppose I, I would take a rap there because we didn't explain that uh, they have to obviously co- cut out the inside ball from the far side if you're not there but look there are little teething things that we have to get the players I suppose better drilled on um, and um, yeah look we made mistakes on the sideline you always do uh, when you lose and uh, we have to learn from that as well but uh, it's a learning curve for the whole lot of us Brendan um, but I'm extremely disappointed for, for the boys um, as a manager you get used to being disappointed but for the players themselves I'm, I'm really disappointed but I'm hoping we learn for the long for game. Okay, well, with the help of God, we look forward to that, Niall, and keep up the great work, and we look forward to the championship. Thanks. Well, give us a great summer. Please, God. Please, Thanks. God. Niall Crew, thank you. Mickey Hart, congratulations. It's uh, not so long ago since you were here with Tyrone and Carlo. You got a fright that night. You didn't get a fright today. You had a very well polished team today and a good victory. Back to Division 3 for County Loud. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, That was the name of the game Like when we started here. We felt that uh, the team was capable of getting, you know, playing in a higher division, but we had to go and prove that by getting winning our way out of it. 
And I suppose we didn't make a great start for ourselves. We lost the first game. It meant that there was no more room for error. And we, we had to go to Leitrim and get a result. We had to beat Sligo in our own backyard and we had to come here. And, you know, we know enough about Carlo. Maybe it's a good thing we played Carlo before because we knew what to expect and we knew that they were going to be difficult to beat. So it needed all that experience and our players playing well to do that. And, you know, I think maybe we caught them a wee bit by surprise. I don't think they would probably have expected as much of us because they didn't appreciate that we had three tough games and I think they had a comfortable win against Waterford and played a game against Wexford that really didn't matter. They were through anyway. So, you know, maybe they just weren't as road-tested as much as we were and maybe that caught them a bit by surprise before they realised that they were in a game. We probably had a decent lead. Neil has just said that to me. He said he would have rather an extra match with Loud coming in because coming down from Division 3, you're always going to be a Division 3 team and difficult. Mm. But you were well worthy of your win today. You must be very impressed with your panel. Did it really did well. And I'll ask you on that question as well. Carlo put in a bit of a fight back in that second half. Gave you a little bit of a fright, but you had upper hand after your first half performance? I without a doubt. I mean, they, they, they had an uphill battle at half time, but the battle they did, you know, because we were hoping that if we got a few scores, tagged on a few scores, maybe they'd capitulate a bit and, and give us an easier last 15 or 20 minutes. But they didn't do that. Now they came out and, and, and at a stage they were getting the game to manageable proportions. If they'd struck another goal maybe at that stage when it was a six point game, then the, the, the game was really on again. But thankfully we held out. Even that before half time, that was so close to a goal. Yes. If we had conceded a goal there, been a very different picture that they've been coming out to so you know they can't be too disillusioned or too disheartened about that because they're they're good enough to be m- moving forward and you've awfully in the championship in the fortnight's town and Mickey so awfully you're improving as well loud improved so we could be looking to it a great Leinster battle in, in, in I don't know where it, where it is it's in Tullamore or wherever Navin actually, Navin actually yes in Navin Connor told me that earlier on so it's I, in Navin I, I don't know anything honestly about awfully because we couldn't even dare think of them the league was, was our priority was too much of a priority in this league and we had too much to lose by taking our eye of the ball for this this is the most important game of the year for us whatever comes after this is bonus land you're probably going home through Tullamore now though, are you <laughs> <laughs> no not I think I'll go home the motorway as usual <laughs> ok well listen congratulations great to see you back in Carlow today well done and safe journey home thank you very thanks, much thanks Mickey thank, thank you very much thank you, thank you. commiserations to Carlow football another season in Division 4 next up we're going to be talking golf with Harry Ewing And I have to say, I've just followed a bit of the European Tour golf there on the television and a fantastic win for a man from Northern Ireland who I've followed his career for many a year. Johnny Caldwell has just won the inaugural Scandinavian mixed event, um, a unique event on the European Tour, but he's become a European Tour winner after many, many years of trying. And, and I knew the guy as he was growing up and coming along before he went away to America to university. He'd be a little couple of years younger than myself, but great to see him eventually kind of break through. He's been battling a long time to try and stay on the European Tour and has dropped back and played mini tours. And uh, fantastic to see him have his opportunity and to shoot a 64 in the final round to win this tournament by one shot. It's seismic for, for a guy of Johnny's stature within the game. It gives him security going forward over the next couple of years. So... More Irish success on the main tours and with Leona playing tonight over in America, there's, there's so much going on within golf at the moment and, and as we're going to talk about, obviously, the upcoming events, the US Open this week and, and the Irish Open in, what, two and a half weeks' time down in Mount Juliet? Yeah, I was just about to bring up Leona as well, but like so much, so much great news. We know that Kilkenny Golf Club won the AIG Junior Cup final as well and just coming up to the Irish Open, it's just great to see. It is, yeah, there's so much going on. I suppose, look, you know, golf only came back, as we know, you know, not that long ago when the golf courses got reopened and, and everything has been kind of, uh, I suppose, squeezed into a, a shortened calendar this year. And, and those playings of those tournaments, the Junior Cup and the, the Cups and Shields, as we tend to call them up in Donegal during the week, that was the, the hangover from 2020, from last year's. These are the finals from last year's events. But, yeah, magic to see Kenny Golf Club win the Junior Cup, a uh, very strong Junior Cup team, know some of the guys call into me down in McGurks and Kilkenny, know them quite well, and, and great lads, great to see them get past Millicent on the bank holiday there last Monday, and then a very quick turnaround, and to be up in, in Merva or Donegal Golf Club, and it started on Thursday, and they managed to win through there, so... Junior Cup champions, it has a, a nice ring to it for Kilkenny Golf Club. It certainly does, and a nice ring for Mount Juliet is the Park Harrington, Roy McIlroy, Graham McDowell, Shane, How- Shane Lowry, all going to be at the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open at the start of July in Mount Juliet. That's just a cracking news coming out during the week. 
It is, in fairness. And look, it's it's the Irish Open in itself is a unique tournament. There's no doubt the Irish golf fans and the Irish sporting fans in general come out and support these events magnificently. It's the 30th anniversary for Mount Juliet. They're 30 years down there now. And, and as we know, they've hosted the Irish Open in the past, way back in 93, 94 and 95. And some people will also remember when they hosted some fantastic WGCs, American Expresses, Tiger Woods won one in 2002, and I think it was Ernie Els won two years later in 2004. So Mount Juliet is synonymous with hosting big, big golf tournaments. It's a fantastic venue, and it's great to see it back there. As we know, it was due to be there last year in the last week of May, but unfortunately COVID put pay to that. But it's great to see it back on the schedule, and I even think the date of the first week in July is even more suitable. We can see the weather starting to pick up and it, it promises to be a great week. And do you think it's going to be a great week now for Irish players in particular? They're in good form coming in. Lowry, Harrington, both finishing top 10 of the PGA Championship. McElroy, of course, winning the Wells Fargo Championship. How, what's your predictions in regards to a possible Irish winner? Yeah, look, it, it, it is. There's a lot of pressure on the Irish guys, I suppose, when they come home and play in their home open. But they've done very well there in the past. As we know, we remember back to when Shane obviously won as an amateur up in Baltrea. Hard to believe that that's now 12 years ago, 2009, wow. when he won as an amateur, yeah. Um, and uh, Parry Carrington, even before that, winning in a dare manner in 2007. Rory winning in the K-Club with that amazing 5-wood into the last green that's five years ago now in 2016. So the home players have had great success in an Irish Open. There's a lot of pressure on, a lot of focus on a, on a given week. But look, you're so rightly saying, Shane, they're in great form, particularly Shane Lowry. I really fancy his chances even going into this week now over on the West Coast of America and Tory Pines for the US Open. But he's, Shane is in great form, has been really since Augusta back in April where he's had his best Masters finish. And as you say, most recently then, himself and Parry Carrington finishing in fourth in the PGA just a couple of weeks ago at Kiowa Island. So you'd have to say, Lowry, you know, Harrington equally, as I mentioned, he finished fourth in the PGA. But in general, for the 49-year-old, he's actually going to play Shane in his 26th Irish Open. And in fairness to him, it's some achievement to kind of play in 26 of them. He, he, he doesn't like to miss one. You know, in fairness, he's a huge supporter of Irish golf, as, as they all are. And I think, look, if the weather is set fair, in a few weeks' time down in Mount Julia, it'll be a fantastic spectacle and great to see that there could be as many as 5,000 fans permitted per day. And you, men- you mentioned in Park Harrington there, it's an interesting one because he performed really well at the PGA, but he unfortunately he won't be at the US Open. He failed to qualify for that major. Was was the PGA a bit maybe of a flash in the pan or do you think he has a realistic chance of mounting a challenge in Mount Julia? It remains to be seen whether he does in Mount Juliet. I don't necessarily think Mount Juliet will be a, a type of golf course or a type of scoring week that might suit Parig. Parig tends to perform very well on very, very difficult golf courses where where par or, or, or slightly under par, single digits under par, means something. And, and probably that's more in big tests, maybe even this week. We said, okay, he's not in the in the U.S. Open, but a couple of weeks ago in that U.S. PGA, it nearly played like a U.S. Open, and, and that's right up Harrington Street, to be honest. We've seen he's obviously missed the next two cuts then uh, this week, just gone, and the Memorial the week before. So I think, to be honest, Parig is at a stage in his career now. He's edging towards the Seniors Tour. He can, he can play well on very difficult golf courses because he's a bit of a grinder. He has a huge amount of experience, and he's not going to shoot six, seven, and eight birdies in a round of golf, but he knows the value of par. And my fear for Mount Juliet or for the course, the way it might set up and play that week, is it won't be that kind of test. I think it will be a low-scoring week. Mount Juliet's a very fair golf course, but equally it's kind of generous off the tee. And while the green speeds, I'm sure, will be fast, I just see a score probably in mid-double digits, 14, 15, 16 under par, is probably going to win around Mount Juliet. And, and Parig probably just doesn't really put well enough or, or make that, that many birdies per round to get his score that low. But look, he's in his 49th year, as I said. He's still out there performing, still has the hunger to play. And look, who knows? Maybe he'll feed off the, off the home crowd that week and, and there's no more popular guy within Irish golf than Parig Harrington. Exactly, but a lot of eyes are going to be on Rory McIlroy as well. Do you think this could springboard him to maybe go on and get that fifth major that he he, he seems to desperately crave? 
Yeah, look, there's a, there has to be still a big question mark there over Rory. Obviously, his win going back a few weeks ago at the Wells Fargo was a, a really great boost for him with all the work that he's doing at the moment and kind of going through a bit of a, a change as regards his backroom team. And, and there's there's probably more questions than answers about Rory's form and Rory's game at the moment. But that win will have been a, a bit of a boost for him. He kind of won, shall we say, not quite with his A game. He actually scrambled quite well that week and, and won with his short game and won with his putting. We don't usually say that hugely about Rory. Usually when he when he wins, he he wins with his stellar long game driving and irons. But look, we'll, we'll have to see. He's had a very mixed season, I suppose. He missed the cut at the Players' Championship going back in May. He missed the cut at the Masters as well. Like I said, won at Wells Fargo, but was very ordinary there in the last major in the US PGA at Kiowa Island, down in 49th position. And last week in 18th position at the Memorial. So, don't know. I think the jury is out. I'll sit and watch this week. He does like Tory Pines. Has played that well there in the past. We'll have to see what he does in the US Open this week. But great that he's coming across. And great that, again, he, he really wants to be a part and, and be involved in the, in the Irish Open. Obviously, he hosted it uh, from 2015 to 2018. Didn't play in the Hinch in 2019. But great to see Rory back playing in an Irish Open again. And just before we go, it, it is one of the biggest events in the European Tour calendar every year, but do you, we know the Irish contingent now. Do you expect there's going to be a strong lineup taken to the tee box other than the Irish? I suppose, look, that remains to be seen over this coming probably week or 10 days. We'll start to get a bit more of a clue as to what players have confirmed their participation. The unfortunate thing with the European Tour and, and COVID over the last 18 months is a byproduct of that, the Irish Open has lost its status as being a Rolex event. So it, the money has been reduced. When I say reduced, there's three, still three million of a prize fund for the Irish Open in a couple of weeks' time. But, you know, unfortunately, what tends to happen in these tournaments is you've the Irish Open one week, you've the Scottish the week after, and then we roll into the Open Championship where Shane Lowry defends in Royal St. George's. And a lot of the players that might travel across from America, like our own Shane Lowry or Rory or any of these big-time players, maybe John Ram, we'd be hoping that John Ram would come back after winning two Irish Opens. But they won't play every week. This is the problem. And are they going to kind of drop the Irish Open in, in favour of the Scottish or play the Irish, take a week off during the Scottish and then head for the Open Championship? So, look, it remains to be seen. I believe there's a lot of work going on in the background to try and lure these players to actually come and play. The prize fund is one thing, at $3 million, it's not to be sniffed at, but it just remains to be seen how many of the top-class top, top class players in the world will come and play. It's very much hoped that along with our own Irish contingent, we could get the likes of a, a John Ram or an Ian Poulter or a Tyrrell Hatton, or maybe even, I heard mentioned the other day, that the likes of a Colin Morikawa or some of these Americans might actually decide to come over, play Ireland, be it play Scotland or not, and then obviously play in the major that will be held, the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. So we have to wait and see on that one. But look, a golf course that's iconic within this country, a par 72 of 7,200 yards, which is a long golf course for you and me, Shane, but not the longest in modern-day <laughs> standards. But look, it should be a great week. And for anyone that was lucky enough to get online there last Thursday morning and, and nab a ticket, and get down there for a day. Mount Juliet's a, a magical place to walk around, and, and hopefully if we're seeing some of the world's best players play golf around that golf course, it should be a very exciting week. And no doubt you're going to have a lot lined up as well on the Three Off The Tee podcast that you're doing. You had Retief Goose in there, a South African uh, renowned around the world as one of your latest guests going from strength to strength, and no doubt you have some stuff planned for the Irish Open. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very much hope to be there early in the week and, and get some get some sound bites and get some interviews with the players that are that are on site. So hopefully we'll be there early in the week for some of the practice days and might skip back in a, in a more relaxed atmosphere, non-work at the weekend to see what's what's going down. But yeah, looking forward to it. The, the podcast is still going great. Obviously, as I said, the, the US Open now is on this week. That's going to be the focus for this week coming. So we do our preview on Monday evening and that will be out on Tuesday morning. So anyone... Looking for some golf tips or a bit of information for the upcoming US Open or over at Tory Pines. Download the podcast on Tuesday morning and we'll have it out there. Hopefully we'll give you some nuggets for the week ahead. That was Harry Ewing talking about the Irish Open. Anne-Marie Gibbons now joins us from Kilkenny LGFA, the new development officer. 
Well, I suppose my role in particular is um, to do with coaching. So um, I've come up with a concept of a coaching academy within within Kilkenny. And I suppose I'll be head uh, of the coaching academy. And I suppose what I'm trying to do is create a, a support network for coaches and to bring coaches on and develop them and to have a, a lot of coaches involved um, within Kilkenny. And the purpose of that then is to, to continue the growth of the football um, we find that there can be like there is coach burnout and things like that. So it's to give um, coaches that are maybe those that would have experience, give them more support and allow them to continue coaching and enjoy coaching, and then having other coaches come up and support them um, in football because like um, football is a growing sport in Kilkenny, and there's um, a lot more teams coming on, on board. So there's a, a need for more coaches. Well, the last well, the last time we had the uh, LGFA on, they they spoke about the importance of the the clubs in itself. Are, are the main aims now to help the clubs grow so that there's even more talent running through the county side? Yes, that's the idea. So, um, the idea of the coaching academy is that we we would look for two coaches per club, and then they would go back to their clubs and um, with learning from the academy and try and get more coaches involved. So, therefore, then they would have um, more coaches being able to coach at under eights, under um, sixes, and then bring it all the way up to under tens, under twelves. Because there's like a lot involved in coaching. It's not it's not just landing on the field. There's a lot more involved, and there's a lot more responsibility of coaches. So it's to give them um, the support that they need, and then I'll be going actually out to the clubs as well. So any clubs that want me to come out, I'll be going out to do guest coaching as well. So. Like it seems that you're progressing a lot since the last time we spoke because that was around the the time of the announcement of the return of the adult women's side. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes. There is a lot, yeah. Um, I suppose for myself, um, I've only come back home and was in Donegal. So um, I was in Donegal for a number of years and I've come back and I wanted to get involved and um, Seamus Knox, the chairperson of the Kilkenny um asked me to get involved in the coaching side of things and this is what we ended up discussing and put um, a three-year plan in place um, to try and grow um, the coaching side of the for ladies football. And is the sport in in particular in a healthy position now in Kilkenny since the advent of, of the team coming back? Because there, yeah. there seems to be a serious increase in popularity over the last number of years but obviously that could have been curtailed with uh, lockdown and that going on for so long. Yeah, I suppose with having football on um, the TV as well has made it, it's, it's a growing sport throughout Ireland and there's a lot more participation in young girls and it's just trying to, to get onto that and um, we're trying to, with the Club Connect as well that um, the Kilkenny have brought in, it helps um, get more clubs involved. So there's a lot more support for clubs now. It's not just you go ahead and get a team together. There's a lot more support now for clubs to try and get them getting more participation at the younger age and then trying to grow that and bring it on and up into the senior level. Well, we spoke to Dr. Una Mayer from Sport Ireland and we've been regularly in contact with Mick Wall, the Kilkenny minor camogie manager and, and the, the talks of drop-off in the teenage years of females in sports in particular seems to be a very, um, a, a, there seems to be big eyes on it because there seems to be a, a, an issue within all sports, not just in, in camogie or in, uh, in basketball or anything like that. There tends to be a drop-off in teenage years. And is, is there plans in place in that three-year plan to combat that? Yeah, we would. Um, Kevin would be looking after that side of things, but there would be a plan to try and um, get that gap, you know, to stop um, you know, players from dropping out. And it's just looking at what causes players to drop out and try and get coaches maybe to to look at that as they're you know doing their training sessions and things like that. So there is a plan there on getting more games for girls and stuff like that because that's what we want that's what the girls want they want to play and when we don't have um, a lot of games and there's a lot of dropouts and stuff so it's to create the games and get the girls playing continuously playing getting the season going and um, to give them support and to get them to enjoy the game as well and with the more um, advertising out there and seeing um, players um, do well for themselves as well and getting their name on the TV and stuff like that that helps the sport so we're um, I suppose a little bit behind on the whole scene um, in relation to Kilkenny, but it is growing and it's growing fast.
In terms of when you look at, say, soccer coaching, there, there's different grades and you have your kickstart programs and you have your, your wafer licenses and stuff. And it kind of gives, uh, as much as it was in martial arts, it kind of it shows you this this pattern of evolving. And is that something that, I, I'm not saying having a stringent kind of coaching plan all the way up, but you're trying to bring in these things and indoctrinate people into the, the philosophy of, of Gaelic football? Yes, yeah, so what we're planning on doing with the coaching academy is that, um, for example, year one, that you would get your foundation level course. Uh, so that's basically just the foundation of football um, and how to coach as well. So it's not just about the skills, it's how to coach, how to um, you know coach girls. It's different to, to boys. Girls react different. Um, there's different things going on with girls as well. So it's just how to coach. Um, and then in year two of the academy, you'd be going on to hopefully going on to level one um, within the, the the qualifications and then in um, year three if things go well you'd be looking to go for level two now level two hasn't been actually um, going through yet um, because of lockdown so um, level two hasn't been um, started yet with the GFA but it was supposed to but it got um, put behind um, for a year well, it's great to hear that there's the, the, this qualification basis coming up. And have you noticed that more people would be inclined to get involved? Obviously, no, because it's there. You know, more people will be more inclined to get involved, and you'll see an uptake in, in numbers from something that was non-existent uh, not so long ago. But what, what what has been the reaction amongst the clubs in regards to this? Has has it been generally all positive? Oh no, definitely. Like clubs are, the clubs have been looking for something like this. You know, they're looking to get. They want to know more. They want to. They want to help the girls, and they want to get the players involved. So they're always looking for information, and like it's um, a good using the Kilkenny Club Connect seems to be a, a good way of getting communication out there, and it's also giving that support as well. You know, they're learning from everybody, so um, uh, that would be the big. The clubs are looking for the information. They're looking for help, and they're getting it. Um, and it's just trying to grow that now and to be able to give them that support, you know, and getting putting people in place like myself um, into positions that the clubs can use, you know, that they can come to people and they can talk to people, look for advice and things like that. And that will help them then get the girls involved and, and grow, grow their club. And I, I noticed then that there's different initiatives going on, obviously following on social media. You have the Gaelic for Mothers and Others every Tuesday in uh, Kilmagani, which is a fantastic initiative, it seems, just to get people ingrained into the the Kilkenny Lady Gaelic football scene. Yeah, like that. The the Gaelic for Mothers and Others is act, is a brilliant. Um, I actually used to play it myself um, up <laughs> in Donegal. It was a great way to. It was a bit of a laugh. It wasn't. I won't say it wasn't competitive because let me tell you, women are very competitive and they're not going to give you an inch. But it was just pure fun, and it's to get um, older women as well back into the sport, you know, and help them come back in and give them a taste for the football again as well. And then you'll find that when. Um, the ladies come back into that they actually kind of get more involved in the club and that, that they'll start wanting to coach as well and it's just it's everything that's fun seems to just grow more and more so the more fun you have the better it is for for the players and county as well obviously it's kind of creating this cycle and a repurposing of of people's careers and in in the sport you know they'll start off and they might play it at a young age and then they're coming back into it and then they're going to give back through their clubs and stuff so it's it, it's great to see it's 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 um a fascinating development that you have going on here and uh, we're really looking forward to covering it here on kclr over the coming years yeah it's going to be exciting like i just see like there's a big growth you know there's a big burst of of involvement and everything like in all in all levels it's not just you know, players, it's um, people getting involved in their clubs and everything. So, um, yeah, it's a really exciting time, I think, for ladies football and hopefully it'll keep going. New Development Officer of Kilkenny LGFA. Finally today, we have Kevin Hennessy, who is talking all things Greyhound happening here and abroad. Yeah, well, it's very warm over there. It's actually warmer over there than it is here. I think it, it, it touched 29 degrees over there yesterday. But we had the second round heat at English Derby on Friday and on Saturday night. And we actually had a track record broken on Friday night. Unfortunately, it was an ex-Irish dog, now an English dog. It was Bocco's Belly. 
um, who, who flashed from the boxes and posted an exceptional 29.03, a scintillating run on the night. He's much shorter in the betting. I think he's around 12 or 14 to 1 now. It was highly impressive. It wasn't a particularly great night for the Irish on, on Friday night. We only registered the one winner, and that came in the form of Ballymac Fair one, a real young pup for Liam Dowling, who raised a few eyebrows, actually, when he was included in Liam's team and brought to England because he wasn't a pup that we knew a whole lot about. Very lightly raced, but he won a really good race in 29.06, and he promises to be an exceptional prospect going forward. From a personal point of view, Beach Avenue, my charity bet, he... He fought gallantly and got up to be second in his in his second round here on Friday night. So he's through into the last 48, which the draw will be on Monday. And on Saturday, we, we had a few more, a bit more luck on the Irish front on Saturday night. The highlight probably last year's winner, um, Irish Greyhound, Dear Jet Sydney for Pat Buckley. He's unbeaten in this year's English Derby again. He's looking to go back to back. And not only is he looking to go back to back, but he's looking to go back to back at two different tracks a completely unheard of um, accomplishment if he was able to do it. But he flashed from the boxes, showed his typical early pace, got to the fence and dominated from there on. Unfortunately, your anti-post selection priceless jet, um, last year's, our, our 2019 Irish Derby winner actually, Lenson Bocco, he cramped badly on the track and actually stumbled. And as a result, priceless jet had to almost hurdle him to get out of the way, which haven't been in a great position, sent him back to last he. He came back as best as he could, but unfortunately, he finished fourth, beating two lengths, and, and has to bow out. But the draw for the last 48 is on Monday. Plenty of Irish still in, in the hat, and we're still flying the flag, hoping for an Irish winner come the 10th of July. Rocco's belly, the Declan Rice of the Greyhound world, swapping Ireland to England. <laughs> uh, looking then uh, more closer to home, we know that there was jam-packed action at uh, Shelburne Park. Billy's Diva is a name that we've heard consistently over the past while when we were talking to Joe Sheen from Limerick Greyhound Racing and uh, yourself. But uh, Billy's Diva having a great night at Shelburne Park last night by all accounts. She is. She is 28-14. She, I, I thought it was a tricky enough draw. She was drawn out in five. She likes to move in slightly from there. And Scooby Princess, who was in three, a strong lady herself, likes to edge outwards. The two did bump slightly, but Billy's Diva was able to take that bump, show her early pace, and hit the front off the first bend. I thought she might run away from Scooby Princess, but like Scooby's one of the best bitches in, in Ireland. She won the Limerick Oaks, and she really put it up to Billy's Diva the whole way to the line. Billy's Diva crossing the line in front in 28-14. It promises to be a cracker. And, and then the second semi-final. There's a, a lady called Front Amani. Now, even for those that wouldn't have much interest in the Greyhound game, you can't not be impressed with this one. She often comes from way off the pace. She's probably as fast a Greyhound, male or female, that, that there is in the world. She's that exceptional. And she took a flyer last night. She came out of the box as well. She turned second. The race was over from there. And she posted 27.94, breaking the 28-second barrier. And for perspective, she was over three lengths quicker than Billy's Diva. And that's just exceptional. It, it It's going to be one of the best Oaks finals I can ever remember. Three or four of them would be would be worthy winners. But I think it would be a brave person to take on front of Manny for Robert Gleeson the way she's running at the moment. And just before we go, Mert Lattie had a good night in Kilkenny, by all accounts, there on Friday. He did. There's a real good... Um, I, I saw the pup running last Friday. Um, he's a real nice dog called Sawdust Hondo. He's a Dorota's Wildcat dog. He's not... Uh, speaking to Marty after the race, I was saying to Marty how impressive I, uh, impressed I was with the dog. He said he's, he might not be the best trapper in the world, but once he hits the ground, he just explodes to the corner. And he went on to win by eight lengths in 28.93 in the second round of the sports, or the SAS Novice N2 stake. There was also a really good winner on the same card in the same stake in the race previous. Latin Park for Thomas Lennon, 28.98, hanging on to win by a neck from Asian Prophet for Owen McKenna, who was flying home. Two cracking semi-finals. We'll update you next week how those go. But Murphy's Pup, Sawdust Honda, definitely the one to be in it. That's our lot here on Scoreline Extra. You can go listen to the show live on KCLR every weekend from 2 to 6. You can hear all the games in itself and in its entirety on Big Game Live. Go follow that. Why not? 
follow the podcast on all your podcast platforms or just go to scoreline.ie or the KCLR app. You can go listen to our other podcasts as well. We got the Knock On, which is a rugby podcast. We got the Football Manager Football Show, personal favourite of mine probably because I happen to partake in a bit of Football Manager and in the podcast itself. Good crack, numbers doubling every month. And of course, we have All Things MMA, which talks about, as you guessed, All Things MMA and the crown jewel, as I like to say, the Clash Act podcast. Noel Hickey was the guest, but you can go back into the archives, listen to some GEA greats. Why not? Until then, I've been Sean O'Keefe. Stay safe, stay sane.